0: is the Storymobile Podcast. We are a solar-powered, moving art space that travels to events and through neighborhoods to collect your stories. On April 6th, 2017, hundreds of people gathered together to celebrate the release of St. Paul Almanac's 11th book. In downtown St. Paul at Black Dog Cafe, people from all walks of life came together to hear stories read from St. Paul Almanac's volume 11, On a Collected Path. Here are some of the authors reading their amazing work.
1: Our next author is Joan mangata Traeger. Uh, I first met Joan as a bookseller at the Hungry Mind bookstore and was more than happy to work with her and a bunch of other great people. Um, so I'm glad she's here like I am with everyone else. But uh, she's still a bookseller, and, which is really cool. Um, but a uh, few things about Joan. She would rather tell you about herself. Through the essays she writes, but when pressed, she will say that she's a creative nonfiction writer, a bookseller the grandmother of four, and she has published essays in Cheers to Muses, Contemporary Works by Asian American Women, and the Journal of Asian American Renaissance. She has an MFA from Hamlin University, and is, sorry David, most adamantly from St. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joan, if you wanna come up with
2: Thank you. Um, I'll be reading from a short essay called Where I Belong. Oh, it's on page 20. St. Paul is my home. I am made of the water and air of this place. I am accustomed to the short urban horizon, to the slant of sun that never reaches the top of the sky. In the morning, I expect an incessant conversation of sparrows, the cheer of Robins, and the occasional resonant call of a cardinal threaded with the sound of traffic from the freeway, cars passing on the street in front of our house, airplanes crossing to and from the airport in the south. The smell of roasting coffee comes on an eastern breeze on some days, on others the sound of bagpipes or drums. Lilacs bloom in May, purple and fragrant. Maples and sumac claim the riverbanks in October. This is how I expect the world to be. The house we live in, husband, son, and I, was once my grandparents, my dad's folks. I only went there a few times when I was a child. Elm trees grew on the boulevards, arching over the street, creating a tunnel of shade and coolness in the summer. In my memory, the house is dark, shadowy, lined with the leggy plants my grandfather tended. The room's focal point, the aquarium, where angelfish watched me with glassy eyes. The stairs were steep, and in the winter, a curtain hung at the landing to keep the warm air in the living area downstairs. I wish the wooden banister was longer and didn't have the large wooden head-sized ball at the end so I could try sliding down it. Sometime in the 70s, the elms were cut down to contain the spread of Dutch elm disease, and skinny ash saplings took their place. Now, every Sunday, Every Sunday evening, we have family dinner at the heavy mahogany table that used to be my grandparents, and often our five kids, with partners and children, and my dad, join us. Dad says Grandma would be pleased that our house is full of children. The ash trees have grown tall and full enough to arch over and shade the street once again. Grandma's house is Grandma's house once more. This has been our house for 33 years. I've never lived more than nine miles from here. This is where we raised five children, and five generations of my family have lived within these walls. One daughter with her daughter stayed with us for a year. Despite this, sometimes I have felt like I don't belong. As much as I am shaped by landscape, I am shaped by history, mine and my family's. My grandparents came here from Minidoka, where they'd been incarcerated during World War II. They couldn't purchase the house because they were not citizens, but they couldn't become citizens because they were Japanese. The neighborhood kids yelled monkey face at my grandmother. Dad and Mom, when looking for their first apartment, followed many phone calls confirming open rooms, only to be told when they arrived to look that the rooms had been filled. I never became accustomed to the question, where are you from? Nor to the fact that St. Paul was never a satisfactory answer. nor knowing, Nor to knowing my grandparents came from Japan were the only words that would stop the interrogation. This question marked me as an outsider, as someone who didn't belong. Books that acknowledged the realities of race and gender became windows to a world that included me. As I gained a larger perspective, I also gained the sense that I belong wherever I am. And where I am is St. Paul. The city is changing. When I was three in 1960, people of color made up 3% of St. Paul's population. But recently our mayor announced that people of color now make up nearly 50% of our city. As we become more diverse, I feel unsettled. It's been a long time since I've been asked where I'm from. By staying here, I am insisting that we belong, all of us, here where we have made homes, here where we are raising families, Here, where my grandparents and my parents decided to make their histories and their lives. The ash trees are now threatened by the emerald ash borer, and it is possible that the lovely green shade that shelters our street will disappear. Minneapolis is already proactively removing some ash trees, replacing them with maple, bingo, white oak, and aspen. Though some people may regret losing the uniformity of the trees' arching height, I don't think I will. And I hope my grandchildren will grow up to know the beauty of variety, to appreciate the maple's leaves glowing in the sun when you walk beneath its branches, the ginkgo with its smooth trunk and fanning leaves, the aspen's green that goes to gold. I hope they will grow up knowing St. Paul is our home, knowing we belong here. I think they will. Thank you.
0: To hear more stories, learn more about Storymobile. And to find out where we'll be pedaling off to next, visit storymobile.org.